Blog Talk Radio. delighted to welcome you all back here today for a program I know you're going to appreciate. This is actually the second show in a series on what is a very helpful book to many of you because like many of you, and I'm included in this, many of us have either thought about or we have started or have for a while been nursing along a spiritual business. And we today are going to talk once again about the book, Grow Your Spiritual Business, How to Build a Business in the Internet Age. And in a moment, I am going to bring on the line co-authors Cindy Griffith and Lisa Kay. They're both here today. And let me just tell you a little bit about these two. Um, Cindy was here before introducing this topic, and as we realized, as we were exploring it, there is such a wealth to talk about here. There is just so much, and that's why we're here again doing this. Cindy, well, she has quite a bit, a bit of experience because she managed her family business, and she was very young when she did this. Um, she opened a spiritual business when a lot of people hadn't even thought to ever do this in 1993. And Cindy really um, is very active in social media, and she teaches everywhere. She's doing some beautiful online teaching right now, and she is also highly intuitive and does readings, and she is active worldwide. Lisa Kay, who is going to be with us today, Um, She is a fellow radio host, by the way. Um, Her show is called Between Heaven and Earth, and I encourage you to check that out. Um, She has, I love that she has an engineering background because those who have listened to my show know I have a master's in computer science and have actually worked in electrical engineering areas, and that's what one of her degrees is in, electrical engineering from Columbia University. She also has a degree in psychobiology, which sounds very interesting, from State University of New York, and a PhD in metaphysical sciences from the University of Metaphysical Sciences. And she's worked in many healing and intuition modalities, and she just is another example of someone that is so beautifully balancing um, what we might call earthly wisdom, if you can label it that, with intuitive wisdom. And there really is no true distinction. And she's been teaching workshops all over. I know she's been at recent expos, and she too is a teacher. So um, without further delay, since I've introduced both of them here, um, I am going to bring them on the line one at a time. First, I'm going to bring Lisa on the line. Lisa, are you there? Yes, I'm here, Susan. Great. Okay. How are you today? I'm great. I'm glad to have you here. And now, Cindy, you're on the line. Are you here? Yes, I am. Wonderful. We've got you both. Well, today, um, I'm really looking forward to exploring some of those things, you know, kind of what I would view having experienced this myself as sort of the hidden gotchas. And and I'm hoping we can just kind of step through and turn what we may think as, oh, you know, I tripped over to this, into a positive. Because I feel like like your 
your book really shows how we can bring out the positive, and yet so many of us have stumbled in similar ways sometimes, it feels like, in, in learning what to do. So I think one of the first questions I would like to ask, and I will say that this um, is something I encountered right at the beginning, is there is a tendency, and I many of us still do this, to include everything but the kitchen sink, especially when you're leaving the corporate world. Um, we have a tendency to just say, oh, I can do this, and I can do this, and I can do this. And and we we maybe don't think through a focused plan. So um, I'm going to put this out to Lisa first and then to Cindy. Um, Lisa, when we're mm-hmm. starting out or even as we evolve, how do we establish an identity? Well, I think um, you're absolutely right. One of the first things that most people in, in spiritual businesses do is they – um, get certifications in a lot of different things. I'm guilty of this. I did this myself, and I, um, you know, was an intuitive reader, and I was, had three healing modalities, and I taught about uh, Reiki and angels and all that stuff, and I put it out there to the mm-hmm. world. And what happens is it um, it confuses people because they don't. They, people want to see your business as specializing in something. Now that doesn't mean you throw away the other things that you've done, but you should pick one thing that you're passionate about. That you um, and you can try several things, but try one first. And uh, I chose being a teacher of intuition because I love it and I've um, uh-huh. enjoyed it very much, and I have a lot of experience in reading for others and been very successful. And so picking one thing allows your customer to know what you do um, and be clear about it. And I'll, I'll tell you a, a little story. What happened to me mm-hmm. was I, when I first started out, I did a lot of different things, just as we were talking about. And I had a client come to me and she said, oh, you know, she, and she loves what I do and she loves all the things I did. And she says, you know, I have a friend who... I think would be would love what you do and be and also come, would love to come to you for your services. Um, but she says I tried to explain to her what you know. She asked me, you know, so what does Lisa do? And she said she tried to explain it and she said she couldn't. She said uh-huh. it was, she said well she kind of does like a lot of things. She does a little of this. She does a little of that. And then I realized, oh, okay, this is not good. Because mm-hmm. she should be able to, other people should be able to say, you know, oh, this is what Lisa does. She, she is, and now what I do is I tell people that I teach people how to develop their intuition so they can make it happen when they want on what they want. And that's my elevator pitch, and it's very clear. Um, yeah. So, you know, that, that was what I learned. So we have to be clear and focused. Now, I've... I know people get a little upset because they've gone out and got a lot, a lot of certifications, which is fine. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you should throw the other things away. What you can do is I call them add-ons. You can uh, offer those services and products as add-ons to um, what you do as a main business. So I teach about intuition, but then I also teach about energy, metaphysical energy, which is connected to intuition. Um, but it's an add-on. Does that make you know, sense? I have a, it does, and I have a question. In fact, this is from my own experience, too. Something I always seem to seek, Lisa, is that mm-hmm. elusive, what I would call that elusive umbrella. Under what umbrella can I put all of these things? And And maybe part of it is because I hold on to those things. But in some cases, I guess it really is a good question as to, can it be sometimes that um, that you really can offer a few things, but but and there is a meaningful umbrella to put them under where you could describe it? Um, um, in in my mm-hmm. area, sure. you know, it might be public relations. Well, you know what? That includes a few different things, or or um, um, there could be other umbrellas. Right. So so well, do you I'll help give you an people where... find that? Yeah, yes, actually, there. Um, I'll give you an example of where you may be able to do that. This is a, um, actually a, a real example that someone had uh, brought uh-huh. to my attention where they um, want to teach about the law of attraction, and yeah. they've got certification in it, And but they also want to do tarot card readings. 
And those things, you know, at first seem, you know, they're very disparate. But what you, what she, the person can do is say, well, I'm, I am uh, someone who's going to help you manifest and help you learn how to uh, use the law of attraction to bring X, Y, Z into your life um, using what, you know, the principles of law of attraction that I'm going to show you and teach you. And I'm going to also show you how you can, um, I will guide you with my intuitive readings or capabilities to help you uh-huh. with manifesting that to find, yeah. say, the signposts that will lead you to what you want. Yeah. yeah. So, See, I love so that, that kind of integrated. puts it together. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Yes. And and it actually seems to take some intuition, some intuition sometimes to find how to integrate all of that under under one mm-hmm. one message in a sense. I love that example. Um, oh, good. Thank you. Cindy, I have a question for you. I know mm-hmm. that anyone who follows you on Facebook or, or follows everything you're doing knows that you have so many wonderful appearances. You're often at expos and shows and things. And something you talk about is, customizing your um, information that that maybe at a given event you're focusing on one thing versus another and I was just curious if you could talk about that a little bit because a lot of our listeners participate in local shows or or expos yeah um, you know I was thinking about your umbrella you know uh, Uh example and sometimes you know if we're going to um, you know a a, a tornado convention, we may not want an, um, an umbrella, we may want something else. And so, you know, yeah. I think knowing your demographic and knowing what's appropriate for that. Now, when I do these events, what I'll do is I put all my things under psychic if I'm doing a psychic event. Um, but I might have a bookmark that gives list my books so that, you know, we're not, as Lisa was saying quite eloquently, we're not um, ignoring all of our other services, but we're featuring what brings us the most passion or what is most appropriate for the demographic. You know, the, if, you're, if you're an umbrella salesman and you're a, uh, you know, you're a person that builds bunkers, you're not going to really push your umbrellas at the tornado convention. You're going to want to push your bunkers. And so knowing, but it'd be nice to know, you know, before that tornado comes, we have umbrellas too, you know. Uh, yes, um, so yes. I, you know, really looking at, at that. And then another thing you said that, that I just had a, a thought about is one way to really figure out what is my umbrella, what is, uh, how do I label myself, is instead of looking at the modality, look at the benefits of the modality. And like Lisa was using, the example of the law of attraction person, that you can help people. The advantage of the teaching is to learn how to attract abundance. And then maybe the tarot cards are going to help you to how to put those teachings into your life. And so the benefits are in bringing more abundance or whatever you want, whatever you're using the law of attraction, into your life. So that sometimes we get tied up with the titles. But one of the things that Lisa and I have discussed, and we discuss it quite a bit in the book, is it doesn't as matter as much what you're doing, but it matters much more. What are the benefits that the person's receiving? And market the benefits. And when you start marketing the benefits, you don't have to worry so much about how you get those to that person. You know, you're not most worried as much about the delivery service. And so that is also a way to include many different modalities in one marketing uh, without looking like you're the jack-of-all-trades, you know, uh, expert right. at none. Right. Yeah, that, that's so important. And, you know, I've got another question that's just coming to mind um, based on an experience of mine, and I think this probably happens fairly often when when we are exploring as to what our passion is and also how – Um, spirit can trick us into things sometimes. (laughs) I had an experience early on when I started doing um, some expos where I would say, I'm a coach. You know, I I am a coach here. And people would keep coming to me at first. They wanted readings. They wanted readings. And, and, And I started doing them and they were working you know some of them were and I thought okay so here here is where even now I'm at this crossroads and I think people have this question it's like what in the heck is going on here you know I would even tell people okay no I'm really not exactly a reader I'm I'm more of a you know more here to coach you and yet it would come up 
And, and so I have a feeling this happens to people at expos, those of us who are branching from, from the mainstream, and it's like, what in the heck are we supposed to do with this? This has got to happen to a lot of people. And for some people, it's not their path, but for some people, it may be. And that's what I want help with, because I know more than one person who has had this kind of an experience as to how to find it, how to be guided. Well, um, I, I'm sure Lisa has a good answer for this as well, but what comes to me immediately is that if, you, if you're marketing well, again, using those benefits, the benefits of a coach very often can be similar to the benefits of a psychic. Now, you can mark yourself, market yourself as the intuitive coach. I mean, how cool is that? That's, yeah, and actually, you know, I was kind of doing thing. that a little. Yes, yes, yes. right? But also, yes. you know, looking to say, look at what do you want from your psychic? What what do you want from your psychic reading? And 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 look and see if that falls under what you offer as a coach. But I also think that spirit may give us what we need. And so if spirit wants you to start really honoring your intuition in your coaching business, they're going to send you people like you're speaking of. So, yeah. you know, sometimes I think it's spirit talking. But Lisa, what do you think? Um, I, I was just thinking, both of you were talking, and I wanted to ask Susan, so when that happened to you and someone came and wanted the, the reading, the reading, were you, how did you feel about it? Well, at first, you know, this is what I mean by being tricked, and, and I know I'm not the only one. It, it seems to happen. It was like, mm-hmm. you know, you say to yourself, well, wait a minute. I mean, you look around. You're at this expo. Many of us have been to spiritual expos, um, and there are all these psychics, Right. I mean, they've been doing right, this for a right. long time. And and um, I, I wasn't claiming to be this. And, well, and so were you... it, takes, it, takes, um, it takes courage. But then they just kept asking. I mean, it's what they wanted, and it well, worked. Did you, is it something but, you liked? Did you want to do well, it? Well, I actually, you want to when I was doing it, and I've only done this at a show. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. um, we're, mm-hmm. we're kind of live dealing with something. But I think that others deal with this, too is, um, and and that's why I always try to generalize, because I know this happens, is um, it it has to do with defining yourself. You know, are are, are we limiting ourselves too much? And and do we tend to to not as readily embrace that that being an intuitive? Right. But the more that, um, and so I guess it felt good. I mean, the question you asked, is if I pushed, right. if I didn't, you know, I, I this went a couple times. I mean, this happened more than once. Um, and when it was really in the flow and when I just trusted, it was mm-hmm. wonderful. It was like the most amazing thing. I mean, well, just, I think just it gets, so amazing. It gets back to a little bit, you know, what Cindy was saying is, you know, if, if mm-hmm. you find an opportunity or spirit brings you something and it seems like, okay, well, and you – somebody requested it and you try it and you enjoy it and it seems to flow and there's a lot of energy behind it and it's really working for you and you seem to, and you say, Hey, you know, maybe this is where spirit is guiding me. You can go in that direction and there's no reason not to, uh, you know, I think um, certainly, but if, if it's something you're not comfortable with, then I don't think, you know, that's something that you would want to go with, but for you, yeah. it worked out. So I think that's okay. I think that there's a way to, to kind of feel things through. I also think, um, and I don't know if Cindy, you, you were kind of going in this direction, but if you're clear about what your message is, what it is that you do, um, mm-hmm. people will be less likely to ask for something that's out of, you know, your space. Now, that being said, I've had people ask me, well, I know you do, uh, you teach about intuition, but, um, you know, do you know anything about, oh, I, I can't even remember what they asked me, but I think, you know, it might have been, like, do you know anything about uh, essential oil, and uh, could you help me with that? And I, quite frankly, know nothing about essential yeah. oils. Yeah. So I have to tell them, no, I don't. And they're okay yeah. with that. So. Yeah. And, you know, I love that you put that out there, because when you know that it's not your area, boy, do you ever know. I mean, like if somebody mm-hmm. asks me that, or even about healing modalities, I'm looking for healing modalities. You know what? I'm not the right person. I, I, and you would know that immediately. I think, um, I, I think what I'm getting at here is, is a little subtle in that maybe many of us, I think what I feel most of all and have felt at shows 
is that many of us perhaps are being guided to incorporate some aspect of intuition into our coaching. If we are assisting people, if we are brainstorming with people, I haven't even formally advertised myself as a coach, and I am looking at expansion right now and definition. So you're talking to me at a really important time. But Mm. um, I think that, um, except for at expos I do, but I mean generally, um, I think we're being called more and more to incorporate intuition because we live in a spiritual world. I mean, we are intuitive, and maybe we're waking up to that and can incorporate that into the advice that we offer clients. Well, and I think that goes kind of to that law of attraction, that as we start trusting our intuition more, we're going to attract people that are going to honor that. Um, But also to bounce a little bit off of what Lisa said is, you know, people ask me all the time, I'm a psychic, and they ask me to be a medium, and I'm not a medium. Mm -hmm. I can Mm -hmm. sometimes do it, sometimes not. And so what I tell them, because I use parables a lot of times, is, you know, a plumber might be able to help you with your electric work, but why don't you go to the electrician? (laughs) There's a lot of good mediums in this room, and this happens to me at expos. There's a lot of good mediums in this room, and, and, and why don't you go to them? I, you know, because with me, it's hit or miss. And I think it's also honoring that, that there are other – and not going into fear that, oh, my gosh, I've got this person at my table. I have to make them happy, you know, right. because oh, there's enough sure. for everyone. And yeah. uh, so their friend may not be interested in mediumship. So they may say, you know, this woman was really honest with me about what she does and what she doesn't. Why don't you go to her for psychic? And so, you know, I think there's part of that. But I do agree, Susan. I think more and more, no matter what our business is, even if it's, you know, uh, making pumpkin pies, more and more we're being drawn to use our intuition uh, because I feel like, like this is part of the way we're evolving now is to trust it more and to use it more. And, and I think it's a blessing personally yeah 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 I I I feel that I feel that very much um okay you know now I want to jump into I I know that we're there's so much to explore here and and this to me it's it's jumping a little bit ahead in your book but it is such an important topic and I feel that it touches us all is our relationship with abundance and you know i'm i'm happy to introduce this once again with some of my own experiences because i am so learning in this area where i've had situations um you know i think that that there's a real tendency not to ask for enough um that that happens a lot but you know the interesting thing is that i've also felt um you know, sometimes you also know when, um, when, when something you know you, you don't want to price it too high either. You know, you just kind of know. And so, so here's my real kind of complex question that I think many of us deal with: is um, when to know when to use a sliding scale, for example, um, and how to really bring in the abundance so that, that, you know, so many seem to be working so many hours for so little, and that just wears you out. And and how do we find that balance and welcome the abundance in, in, in the proper energy? How do we do it? Lisa, you want to take this one? Still have Lisa? Uh-oh. Oh, maybe we lost Lisa. We well, I'll answer Lisa. my question, and maybe well, you can try to get Lisa line. back. She's on the line still, so hopefully she'll come back. Lisa, huh. are you there? Uh-oh. Well, I'll answer it so well, we don't have dead air, and we'll figure out what we'll, happened we'll Lisa. We'll get her. Yeah, um, okay. My, my feeling is this, but realize I come from a strong background of dealing with codependency. So my feeling is that I don't use a sliding scale. Okay. When I used to go to a therapist and I loved her, she had me on a sliding scale. And unconsciously, I felt like I couldn't tell her about any abundant things that happened to me because she might up my scale because nobody wants yeah. to pay more. Oh, and then I felt yes. like, you know, there was this unconscious thing of, you know, if I wasn't, vict- if I wasn't in this low place, I'd have to pay more. So I feel that sliding scales promote um, enabling and 
promote uh, uh, or, or stop promoting growth and well-being. But what I do feel is that we need to price appropriately for our community and that there's nothing wrong with saying here is a one-time, you know, 20% off coupon that you can use because I know my prices are a little high, Um, you know, but one time. And then if you see the value in what I do, then you can come back and pay full price because I've proven to you my value. Um, so yeah. that's kind of how I I handle that. So, Lisa, do we have you back? We just got her back. Hold on. I'm going to bring her on. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Lisa, uh, are you there? Sorry about that. I, oh, can you hear me? that's all right. Yes, I, we can I hear was talking. Now. I was talking and you guys couldn't hear me, so I had oh, to Oh, I know. We, uh, we lost you, but we got you back. Weird um, stuff. But we're but, here. Okay. But I would be... I would be curious to hear because Lisa and I don't, I don't actually, I don't think Lisa and I discussed sliding scale. Yeah, we. we um, asked, I, I, I don't asked think we have. About I, that. Yeah. yeah, I have a. I heard a little bit of what you were saying, Cindy, and, and I totally agree. Um, uh-huh. I don't have a sliding scale, but I, what I was going to say is that I think one of the reasons why we have a problem with quote abundance or with putting a number or a value on our services is that. Um, we don't always see our services or products as val- as valuable as we should yeah. and that we have to look at what it is that we're doing for other people is very valuable and that it is worth the money that we're asking for. Um, and that, you know, what are, what are people getting out of it? You know, if you're doing yeah. a reading for someone and you're helping them get through a problem that they couldn't solve by themselves and that, you know, and you're opening their eyes to a new way of, of, um, getting living or getting through to solving the problem gosh you know that's that's in some cases invaluable in some cases you're changing people's lives for the better and so i think uh you know putting a how do you put a dollar number on that well certainly makes you feel like the dollar amount is probably more than what you're putting on it today right so I think that's the key thing is changing your attitude about what it is you are doing and uh, for the person, for your customers, and that it is very valuable. Yeah. And, I and also, think- I don't do a sliding scale either. That I think that's, um, you know, I think that, that uh, other people it might work for, you know, I, I agree with Cindy. I, it, doesn't, uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't work for me. <laughs> you know, the other thing that we recommend in the book to help you price, getting back to grow your spiritual business. um, It's a great book. Um, Is that go have pay full price or go have sessions with practitioners so that you can see the value that you put on it and how you come, not to say, how do I compare? Like, am I better or worse? But how does what I give a client compare to what someone, so let's say I pay, Five dollars. Obviously, I'm using fake figures for a session with someone, and and I get out and I say, well, that was really nice. I feel like I got my five dollars worth. And then you look at what you put into your session, and it's twice as much. You know, say, well, I feel like I could charge eight dollars for my session. You know, because I'm giving them twice as much. Maybe I could charge ten. So I think that the one of the best ways is to to visit other people. Don't see them as your competition. And we talk about this a lot in the book that the other people doing the same thing are not your competition. Yes. They're your comrades. You know, they're yes. your networking. Um, but to to go see what other people are doing. But I recommend don't barter it. Pay the full price so that you're getting the full treatment. Go th- if they have a sign in for registration or you know for appointment making, like both Lisa and I. Uh, um, have used, um, you know, online schedulers, go through their scheduling process, go through and, and see exactly what someone would be experiencing. Uh, because there's also value in easy scheduling. There's value in, you know, I'd rather pay uh, extra, a little bit more for someone who it's easy to schedule and I can get an appointment with than pay yeah. a cheaper price for someone who, you know, uh, doesn't make it easy for me. Yes. You know, Cindy, I have a question specifically for you real real quick here mm-hmm. related to, to something you mentioned in the book with regards to victim consciousness is that, you know, when we maybe take on a, a lower rate that we're, like, participating in that, I wonder if you could, could just explore that a little bit, a little bit more. 
Well, we have, you know, um, uh, this idea that like attracts like. And and when we uh, uh, go into, oh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm suffering, I don't have any money, I whatever, I, 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 right? You're going to uh-huh. attract the I, I, I clients. You know, so if you're attracting clients that are can't afford to pay you, don't see your value, et cetera, look to see if you're in victim consciousness and victim consciousness. Everyone will define it differently. But my mine is feeling, oh, you know, um, the world's against me and I can't make it better. Um, yeah. Well, we all can do something to make it better, and sometimes that's just looking around and stop being in that consciousness, you know. Mm-hmm. But you're going to attract, so like attracts like. So look at your clients, and if they're not willing to pay you, look and see where you're not willing to pay someone else their value, or you're not willing, as Lisa said, to honor the value in what you give. Yes, yes. Lisa, do you have any anything to add to this? Um, well, I think another thing that people do is, um, you know, they may do one thing. They'll take a, a service or a product, they'll put it out there, and if they don't get anybody the first time they do it, they think, okay, well, you know, this isn't working, and, and you know, I give up. And yeah. you can't give up, number one, um, because certainly it does take a long time for people to get to know that you are even doing the work that you're doing. So you have to give it yeah. some time. And sometimes it's just doing the service or whether it's you're doing a class or that you're teaching or you're, uh, you're out there um, doing coaching. You have to be there for a while uh, and offer it. M- most businesses, when they first open their door, you know, it's pretty quiet the first couple months. But, they, yeah. you know, they, they keep it going. And, and the other thing is to try um, – different approaches listen to people who are coming in and what is it that you know Cindy mentioned what is it that they're looking for what it, what problems are they trying to solve and and think about how your service or your product can solve those problems and that's how you present it um, out there that's that's really should be your marketing um, but I think the key thing is not to give up uh, and yeah. you know let's just take the radio show for an example uh, you know, you have been doing it a long time. I've been doing it a long time. Mm-hmm. Somebody asked me, well, uh, you know, how do you get listeners? Well, I said you have to be consistent and keep doing it. So yeah. I think that's important. Yeah. And networking. You know, we, we talk about and Grow Your Spiritual Business a lot about that it, you, you need to get out and about. You need to know the other people doing what you're doing. You need to know uh, you need to attend other people's classes so that they promote, you know, so it's cross-promotion. But I think that networking is very important um, as as well as, I mean, consistency. You know, I think that that tops networking even. But I think that the networking is very important. And understanding who your clients are. What's your demographic? Um, so that when you are doing that marketing, Lisa was talking about, that you know it's uh-huh. effective. You know, if you have women from the age of 30 to, to 65 um, who are spiritually focused, you're not going to advertise at a, a professional baseball game. So um, making sure that you're, you're doing your advertising wisely because it is hard. And, gosh, you know, a couple months, I think that's even optimistic <laughs> You know, or, or Susan, like you, you're saying, I'm just putting my coaching out, but you're talking about going to expos and doing those things. I had a friend say to me, I just met with a friend. She goes, you know, I see all the stuff you're doing on, on, um, on the internet. And I, for, at first I'm jealous, you know, Oh, Cindy's doing all this stuff. And then I realized, uh-huh. no, Cindy's a lot of work into doing all that. Yes. And like, you know how much work, and Lisa knows the radio station. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. I know from talking to Lisa over the years that, God, that's a lot of work. So, well, and you've you know, done your own radio show. It's a lot of work. And I've done my right? own, and I know. But yeah. you guys have kept yeah. doing it. We gave up, you know. <laughs> uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the consistency and constantly thinking of how can I get myself out there. Um, uh-huh. And, and it's it is. It's a lot of work, and but the work pays off. But it may take two, three, four years until 
you know, I mean, I don't want to sound like negative Nelly. Some work you get paid off right away. I did one class at ARE, and I just had a client today from it. So, you know, that uh-huh. paid off right away. But sometimes people have to see you out there and really get to know you and, and do what Lisa calls, Lisa did this beautiful attract, resonate, and synergize. That was basically, her, you know, some of her, her uh, I feel, the best, some of her best work in these chapters. Um, uh-huh. And it's that first you have to, it's like going on a date. You have to let people get to know you. And, and obviously, yeah. Lisa, it, that's her concept. She can talk better on it. But, you know, we, we have to let people know, get to know us. And it's just like on the first date. You're not going to look to say, are you going to marry me? You know? Right. So, exactly. Um, you know, you've got it. And, and that all is work. And, but it if, is work. If you leave what you do, it's, it's not really work, right? You know, go, getting out, socializing, right. talking to people about what we're passionate about. It's really yeah. sharing our passion. So, uh, but anyway, I, I don't it's want to keep going out. on. I think it's going out and doing, I think. There's a good uh-huh. uh, saying that says, when opportunity knocks, Work answers. <laughs> so yes, um, but you know, work. It, as Cindy says, work doesn't have to be, you know, the drudgery. It's uh, going out and doing, and getting yourself to go out and do. And and there's some things you can do to get you to do things. You know, a lot of us get do get into the analysis paralysis, which is what happens to me. Uh, yeah. But what I do is I will set a date for a class. Um, or a webinar or whatever it might be and uh, let people know about it. And then I have to, and now I know I've committed to that and I have yeah. to do something because I don't want to come unprepared and not have anything to show for it. So that gets me to do the work. So we find yeah. different ways that will, you know, kind of get us, get us going. Yeah. 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 I relate to that. In fact, I think that, that no matter where people are, depending on what their business is spiritually, there's almost always a show or an expo or so even some of these local gatherings that that you could sign up for, and often they involve a talk. So you have to prepare for that, and, and it's you're set. Just like you say, Lisa, you set the goal, and I think that that, that can be very helpful. And, and I'm the first to raise my hand and say that I, I do this somewhat imperfectly, in in some ways, um, because I think you know the other area here, which which you touch upon, is um, you know when you're working towards these goals, is is managing the time well, so that we're not spinning our wheels on things that we don't need to be, and that you know just having that focus. You can have passion, but to just you know also the the focus to accomplish those things to really deliver. Well, I think you need to go out and try. You have to start. Uh, that was yeah. one of the best advice I've heard from some of my teachers. Is as they said, the difference between me and you is um, right now is that I I go out and do it. So go do it. And and you know you were talking about time. Uh, yeah. And that kind of goes back to the analysis paralysis. Um, yes. And feeling that it has to be you know as good as someone else or the best that I can do and you know what 75 80% is good enough and that will get you going I think that helps you go get out of the um the spinning and not doing so yeah uh, you know it's, also, it's a good trick. Uh, one of one of the things we talk about in the book right Lisa is the yes. chunking your time to yes. look mm-hmm. at saying you know because both Lisa and I and I'm sure everyone listening have more than just when we were writing the book, we had more than just writing the book. Lisa had family emergencies. Mm-hmm. She has children. I had my family emergencies, you know, so we had, yeah. we also had uh, businesses we were running besides writing the book. And so, you know, it was chunking the time to say, okay, I'm going to work every, you know, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from three to five on X. And then from from seven to eight, I'm going to work on why and and chunking the time and really sticking to that and and kind of making that sacred time, because like Lisa was saying, I do the same thing. If I have a class, God, if I waited to actually create the class before I put it out to teach, I'd never teach. You know, I do the same thing Lisa does is I put it out and then I put it in my calendar and then I say, oh, my goodness, two weeks I have next week I have a class. I better write it. So, you know, um, yeah, that's 
you put the pressure on and and that's what works and and uh and and then you do you don't you don't get the paralysis but i think most successful people don't wait till they have it perfect as lisa was saying you know 70% maybe not be good enough but 80% is you know um because if you keep messing around and waiting till it's perfect you'll never do it and and i think cindy as you said to chunk your time where you really have to, as you said, set the time aside, you know, make that appointment, commit to it, and then you have to turn off your phone, turn off the email, close the door, Facebook. and focus. Oh, yeah, Facebook's a wonderful time waster. Um, oh, is it? You know, you just have to, and maybe, you know, but there may be, there may be a time that you have just to do Facebook, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you can do your social media. But if you're going to write that blog, then commit to yourself, and if, if an hour is too much, it's too daunting for you, then say 30 minutes, do a half hour. I'm going to sit here. That's all I'm going to do. And even if you, you know, just get a couple things on paper, that's okay. You know, you can go back to it the next day. Um, but, you know, I think that's the, I think we're under the illusion that we multitask really well. People don't multitask very well. Yeah. So that's how you move things along. That's how you move your progression. Yes. Um, you know, I'm I'm going to kind of um, loop back to catch something that, that Cindy talked about. She just referred to it, and, and we're jumping around a little today because we only have an hour, so they're just I'm trying to hit some really key points. Um, Cindy talked about, Lisa, your model of attract, resonate, synergize. And, mm-hmm. you know, here we're talking about the sales funnel and, and um, you know, bringing in clients. And I wonder if you could touch upon that. For us, because that certainly is an important area. If you could explore that a little bit. Sure. Well, the it's all about that people, and you think about yourself, that we buy from people that we trust. We buy from um, places we trust, uh, people we trust, and how do we get to the point of trusting someone? You have to get to know them. And it's yeah. just like building a relationship, whether it's a friendship or or even a romantic relationship, the first thing is um, is the attract. Is you ha- uh, the attraction is noticing that somebody's out there, that they are uh, something that you may be interested in. Maybe the they're offering something that you are interested. It might be life coaching. It might be energy healing. Um, just as if you might be interested in someone. Hey, that person looks kind of interesting to talk to. Maybe they'll be a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And so that's the attract part. And then once you and and in in the book, the attraction is really the first step of uh, and what goes in there is advertising. Really, it's yeah. uh, putting yourself out there and ha- getting people to know you. And then the next thing um, is to resonate. So once you notice that somebody is there and they have something that maybe you want to purchase or maybe you want to be a friend with them, you go over and you get to talk to them a little bit. You get, you know, like the song, Getting to Know You. Uh, you get to know each other and you find out, hey, this, I like this person. This sounds, it feels like somebody. They seem like somebody that I can relate to. We have the same thoughts. We think the same way, the same approach to life or the same approach to um, coaching or energy healing or um and so on, and I like that. That's the resonate part. So now we're resonating. They're resonating with you as a, a service provider or business owner. Um, and at that point, they, they're they more likely to purchase from you. And they may try something. They're going to try it on. Uh, maybe it's a small purchase. Maybe they go for a test drive to drive the car. And they say, hey, you know, this is something I like. Uh, either they'll buy the next level up, um, another service that you've got that maybe is a little more expensive or, or do that one-time purchase uh, at that moment, and then they enjoy that, and then they'll purchase again. Now, And that gets us into the synergize. So once you have a customer and someone has already gotten past the getting to know you and they've already tried something, they like what you do, they love um, how you do it, now you want them to come back, and the that's the synergy phase where you have other products. Remember the add-ons we were talking about? Yeah. That's when you can offer those products and services to those people who've already bought from you because your existing customers will actually be where you do the most business. So 80% of your income is going to come from just the 20% 
of the customers out there. They're the ones that will come back. They're the true fans, the true customers who will stick with you, take every course that you give, um, do every service that you offer. Anytime you do an event, they're there. Yes. And so those yes. are the three, attract, resonate, and synergize. Yes. And it's, yes. it's kind of like the funnel. It really is based on, on the funnel concept where mm-hmm. in the beginning attract, you're going to attract a whole bunch of people who come into the funnel and there are a whole lot of them there, but not everybody's going to stick with you or resonate. So then you'll have a smaller group that resonates. And then out of that group, there'll be a smaller group that um, will either purchase from you or purchase everything that you have to offer. And that's yeah. falling through the funnel. Yeah. So that's it. Okay. Well, that was very nicely explained, very quickly, um, and I okay. think that's helpful. <laughs> and and it is okay. explored in more detail in your book. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, another area again, jumping around a little. Um, social media and email. Um, this is one that I think many of us have questions about. Is um, and it certainly is a theme of your book. You know, in the internet age is, um, and I'm just going to throw out some questions here for you, both both web and, you know, when when can you know that, that you need to, even if you're an existing business, know to upgrade your website or, you know, how to utilize multiple social media channels? Um, is email marketing still working? I know you talk about that, you know, and how to how to utilize that. I'm just going to let you um, answer mm-hmm. this because there are just so many, so many things that people are exploring here and need to know. Cindy, you want to say one? Yeah, well, (laughs) the one that I think the one that's is a technical thing, but it's very important, especially now, is if your website is not mobile friendly. In other words, if you go to look at your website on a phone and it does not give you the nice little menu on the side, if it just ends up being one long, 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 long page, it's time to update. Um, More people look. I mean, Lisa, Lisa pointed this out to me. I was really surprised, but and it's true for me as well, that the people that read her email, and and it turns out people that I read my email, about, what is it, about 80%, Lisa, uh, read it mm-hmm. on their mobile phones. I mean, it's a uh-huh. very high percentage. Yep. And mm-hmm. so um, for the website, it's the same thing. You know, how often do you actually go onto your computer to look up a website? You look it up on your phone, and you, you curse the ones that don't work well. And so I think making sure, first to answer your question, website, update if it's not mobile friendly. Second yeah. thing that I think I could cover, and I, I think I'll leave the, the social networking to Lisa, um, if that's okay, Lisa, but um, yeah, sure. email, um, Email, get an email provider, whether it's MailChimp or Constant Connect or Constant, whatever that one is. Constant Contact, um, yes. Yes. Yeah. I always think it's like the T, Constant Comment, you know. Anyway, uh-huh. um, get, get an email provider because, A, it will keep you not getting in trouble with spam laws. B, if someone wants you to unsubscribe, they can very easily unsubscribe um, versus you having to remember to find and unsubscribe them. You can send out multiple emails at one time without being perceived as spam. And unless you have a very large list, God bless, you know, hopefully you do. I do, and so I use like three different emails for MailChimp. If you have a very lo- unless you have a very large li- list or you want to do something fancy, uh, like Lisa and I wanted to do something where they would get an automatic reply, and I think we had to pay a little extra for that. But, um, you know, unless you want to do something fancy, it's free. So you might as well. So, um, you know, email, don't email so often that you're a pain in the neck. Nobody wants to see you in their email box three times a week. But don't email so infrequently that they don't remember who you are. So, uh, and, and give content in the emails. Don't just say, oh, this is my schedule, and, and not give them an article, a blog, a coupon, you know, some sort of content. That's really a quick little thing about email. So we have contact, content, provide content, not too often, and, and use an email provider. But I know Lisa probably has a lot she can talk about social networking. So um, I think uh-huh. that that kind of gets of those questions. Oh, yeah. Uh, lots of lots of things to say about technology um, yeah. uh, because I, I think it's great. I love it. Um, uh-huh. I, I think you asked the question, Susan, about, you know, is email still good? I know there's a lot of 
you know, articles out there that say, oh, email's dead, you know, social media yeah, is dead. Yeah, exactly. No one I paid don't, attention I don't, to it, yeah. yeah <laughs> Go ahead. Um, you know, how many people have dumped their email? Probably not that many. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but email is still good, and a couple reasons why. Um, number one, you own you have control over the your email list. Uh, social media, you know, you don't have total control. For example, like Facebook, they change how things come up in news feeds. You don't get seen as often. Yeah. Same thing with Twitter. Yeah. Um, and people do read their email. And it's one of the – it's it's like a subscription because that's really what it is. People yeah. want to – if they really like what you have to offer, they're going to be looking for your email. Uh, so it's still good. As far as social media goes, uh, if you're just starting out and you are overwhelmed and you don't know which one to go with, uh, pick one, one that you're comfortable with. If uh, you don't know which one, I personally would say go with Facebook. Um, Facebook has it's uh, a lot of people use it. It's used across all age ranges, and um, and if you've got friends, you probably have friends and family out there who do use it. There's, they're the people that you can start communicating with and learn how to use it. And if you do have many social media channels, one of the things you can do is get a social media scheduler. Uh, you can schedule your posts. Now, um, Hootsuite does it. I used to use Hootsuite. Hootsuite I also mm-hmm. use another service called CoSchedule now. And one of the great things about that is you can batch your posts to different social media channels like, uh, let's see, Twitter, Facebook, um, Google+, LinkedIn, and you just set it and you forget it. And you can do it way ahead of time, and I love it. It's a great way to keep in front of people in social media because social media, you have to be there. Just like email, you have to stay in front of people. So those are the you know the quick the quick advice things I have for technology. And either way, um, Lisa mentioned it and I mentioned it, but I th- I think it can be mentioned again. Um, social media, emails, website needs to give content. There has to be a reason that you have to teach a person or to give them something that they want to open the email to learn or to know. Uh, otherwise, you're just going to go into the junk. Or And if people don't like a post, it disappears. So, yeah. you know, you want something for someone to say, wow, you know, that was really meaningful. And then every once in a while, stick in something marketing, you know. Um, and also, um, uh, a, a tweet lasts, I don't know, 20, 10 minutes or something, you know, 10 or 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. A tweet lasts a very short amount of time, and a Facebook post has a little bit longer, especially if someone likes it, because it will keep moving it up again. You'll see it again. But th- they're short term. So to say, well, I post one thing every day at the same time, if, if you're in a different time zone or if you are, are a night person, Facebook person, it's so far down in the feed. Nobody, that your post yeah. that you put in at 9 o'clock in the morning, nobody's going to see, which is why both Lisa and I use, I use Hootsuite. I have to check out that new one because Lisa always comes up with good new (laughs) technology. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but there it's, it's good to use these schedules because you can say, okay, I'm not going to schedule 20 a day, but I'm going to schedule something at the peak time, lunchtime, three o'clock seems to be a peak time and after dinner. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so those are just a couple little things that I would I would just uh, say a little more about as far as as that. And content, I would content. like to, yeah, content is king, and you have to do probably ten pieces of content for everything that you want to advertise, quote advertise for. But I I wanted to address uh, people who are just starting, or maybe they started, yes. and it's like, you know. Um, for both your email list and social media, you know, you can put your, ask your friends to, to like you. Ask them to be your yeah. followers. Ask them to be your friends on Facebook. Ask them to be on your newsletter list because that's okay. First of all, it, it makes you feel better. Your list starts to grow. And they know what's going on with what you're doing, and they can also be your, um, your advocates, your, your, you know, grapevine advertising. And, uh, you know, so it's okay. That's how you get started. Yes, yes. You know, um, something I've observed, and, and, and this may be in your book too, and I, I, I don't remember, but um, just sometimes interacting with, 
with people. I've noticed that um, it, it's really cool, you know, when when someone who has a really nice reach um, retweets something, or you know, even on Facebook mm-hmm. there can be some of that. And and it's actually something I hope to see more and more of how we can support one another. You know, even fellow radio shows or fellow you know different ways. You know, and I'm seeing it more and more. I, I bet you feel this, Cindy, too. Is that this sharing? Doesn't this feel wonderful how we're starting to share more of one another's um, content? It's it's very cool. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's important to share other people's content. They're not going to do it if you don't do it. And even if they don't do it, it looks it, it's it's a good feeling. It's a good energy, and you're putting that like attract likes energy out there. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. sharing content, I think, is wonderful. Uh, I just moved to a new area, and so whenever I meet anybody, I either say to them, oh, find me on Facebook and like me, or I go and I find them on Facebook, and I either like them or I like to friend people because then you can invite them to events. <laughs> you can't invite likes to an event, but you can invite friends. So I like yeah, to get friends. So, that's right. you know, I just moved, but I keep adding people. And, you know, if they don't friend me back or like me back, I don't get insulted because people use Facebook for different things. But I will tell you that then my Facebook for Virginia Beach alone, because that's where I just moved, has uh-huh. uh, I, I probably have 40 people, whereas when I first moved, I had two. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, but it comes out from networking and having your business card is so important when you're networking because mm-hmm. people won't remember your name. I can't, well, I don't know. I can't remember people's names. So, but <laughs> if you give me that, then, then I'm going to probably put you on my email list. Uh, but you don't put people on email list unless they've like, you don't go around and collect business cards. No, you can't. Uh, Cause yeah. that's, no, don't do that. that's, you can't do that. That's a no, no. But, um, you know, because I say, well, Hey, if you want to know what I'm doing, I'll put you on my email list. So, you know, you have to ask permission, but, but always have your business card and it should, doesn't have to have a lot. Lisa, if I remember correctly, you just put your website on there. I put my website phone number mm-hmm. and, uh, my, uh, mailing address. I actually my have, address. I, I have two business cards. Um, when uh-huh. I go to events, when I do events, if I'm doing a talk or an expo, uh, I have business cards that only have my website on there because you can contact me through that, and th- those are what I put out. Uh, the cards that I give to people personally who I want to contact me, who I've talked to, that will have my phone number and my email address on there because I found you know, if you put them out at events, um, other people pick them up, and then, you know, you get on these lists, and it's yeah, you get not, spammed. You shouldn't yeah. Be, yeah, yeah, people shouldn't do that, but it's, you know. So, and but they're so cheap, right? It, they're cheap, and, and, you know, now everybody should have a website. That should be number one. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, when you're when people come to your website, you should have a way that they can contact you either – um, through a contact form, or you may want to put on um, a special email address that is, you know, goes to that where you're just getting information from the web. So, you know, yeah. got to be careful because uh, the the bots will spam you with the if your email address is on your website. So that's true. Contact well, forms you know, are the I, best. I, I should probably let us let everyone know we're rapidly racing to the end of the show. This has been such a lively discussion, and I want you both to have a chance to say you know, where people can find out about you. So, um, I, and, and also I want to say thank you from my heart to both of you. I swear we could have six shows at least. So, so yeah, <laughs> please do, please. Um, um, Cindy, quickly, where can people find out about what you're up to? Well, you can find me on Facebook, Cindy Griffith-Bennett. Please like me and friend me. I'll friend you back. You can uh, reach me at cindygriffith.com, and you can learn about the classes I'm teaching on Learn It Live. Just uh, search for Cindy Griffith, and my classes will come up. Great. Lisa? And I'm real easy. Uh, you could just go to my website. Uh, it's my initials and my favorite number, lmk 88 Dot com, and everything is there. All my links to all my social media, um, my classes are up there. Um, all the things, you know, my events, my blog. I've got uh, and the radio show. So just go to lmk88.com, and you can get to me. So real easy. 
Oh, and quick, growyourspiritualbusinessbook.com if you want to find out more about ah, growing yes. your spiritual business. Yes, <laughs> thanks. Yes, Cindy, I forgot. Growyourspiritualbusinessbook.com. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a link to where you can buy it on the page. And live audience, um, by the way, Blog Talk Radio, really cool. We made it all the way to number one under live and upcoming. I think that's awesome. You guys are great manifestors. Um, next show, day, May 17th with Joan Serio. We're just going to talk about the energy at noon Pacific, so so that's when we'll be on the air again. Um, now we're just in the recorded podcast, wrapping up really fast. Um, I just wanted to once again say thank you to both of you, and thank you for, for not just being on the show, but really for providing a very important service, because um, both through your business and through this book, because it is so needed. I mean, so many of us can benefit from this information and I know I have much more to learn and explore in it as well and and I'm I'm very appreciative of what you both have done. Well, well thank you Any Susan, blessings. thank you for having us. Well, you both take care and you enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy working in your passion as you continue your your days although I guess um I don't know if you're both on the east coast. I'm here on the west coast, so my day is is still con- Still pretty early oh. at noon. Yeah, we're on the <laughs> East Coast, so we're getting down to the end of our day. Here. Yeah, well, then you enjoy your evenings, and, and thanks for being here again. Okay, you too. Thank you so thanks much. Thanks again. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Um, just a, a quick show note to our audience here who are listening across time in the podcast. By the way, welcome across time. I always feel I like to let you know that your energy is here, present, and has been all along, no matter when you're listening to this show. Um, I know many of you listen quite soon after. Um, Go to FrontierBeyondFear.com for the entire archive of shows and upcoming shows. And actually, I am inspired. I have been knowing that I need to upgrade my site, something that um, um, I'm working on as well, because they are right about uh, mobile-friendly sites. One thing that didn't come up is Google is now ranking sites higher based on if they're mobile-friendly. So those of you who have sites out there, it's true. It's a project we need to, to get on our list or to, or to find someone out there who can help you with that. It's an important thing. But FrontierBeyondFear.com is where I have information about the show. Also, a little announcement for those of you hearing this, and I'll put the podcast up there as well, is um, I am going to be on national radio tomorrow night on Premier Radio Networks. Um, I'm going to a local UFO festival, um, which I go to every year, and just talking about my focus is just having an expansive awareness, not so much of of UFOs, of just of the likelihood, not just likelihood, the absolute certainty that there are higher consciousness um, planets out there who have evolved as well. And probably they have spiritual businesses of their own out there too, but they're doing the same things we are. Some of them are maybe way ahead of us, I'm sure. And anyway, um, I'm going to be out there presenting that, that viewpoint. Those of you local can hear it on KXL Radio. Um, starting at um, 7 p.m. Anyway, I'll put it out on FrontierBeyondFear.com. It's all coming together, and it'll be out there afterwards, too, if you want to listen after the fact. So anyway, thank you, everyone, for being here, and I look forward to seeing you next time. I hope that you can put some of this wisdom to work right away and go out there. There's a lot of information in this book Grow Your Spiritual Business, How to Build a Business in the Internet Age. There's a link on how to buy it. Um, It really has a lot to explore. I know I'm going to enjoy using it as a handbook because I have much to learn from it too. So thanks, everyone. Take care. (laughs) 